John here, and we've got a new sponsor, DistroKid. Now that you've finished your latest Pirate Math SpongeCore Twitch trek, it's time to get it out there so everyone can hear it. DistroKid helps musicians get their music on all the major streaming platforms, and artists keep 100% of their royalties. And because you're a high-gain listener, you get 30% off. Just go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. That's distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. And now DistroKid has an app. The DistroKid app is available for iOS and Android. You can download it at distrokid.com slash app or in the app and play stores. We'd like to take a minute to thank our pals over at Isotope, makers of software and plugins for audio repair, mixing, and mastering. The new gold standard of audio repair, Isotope RX11, is coming in May. Buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. We use Isotope products here at the High Gain. It's an important part of how we've been able to bottle pure podcast gold week after week. High Gain listeners get 10% off using the promo code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. That's all at isotope.com. I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hey, this is Ed Peterson. And this is John Kiltica, Ed. John, it's the High Game Podcast. It is the High Game Podcast. What do we talk about here on the High Game Podcast, John? We talk about guitars. Yes. And NFTs. Yes. Hip-hop. Okay. Blues. Where are we recording from? Beautiful West Seattle, Washington. It is a beautiful day, but... Yes. It's early. It is early. It's a little earlier than I generally like to get up. But I got a shower in. It's important to shower. Yep. I brushed my teeth. Me too. Yeah. We have to be prepared, especially for an episode like today. It's going to be a banger. Yeah. Beverages. Yes, beverages, Ed. I thought today we should bring in a beverage expert to help us out. <laughs> How about we call in G Love and see if he can hook us up with some beverage knowledge? Yeah, hey, G, you there? I am here. What's going on, fellas? <laughs> <laughs> you know, just starting our morning, trying to get revved up. So we thought we'd call and see what your beverage deal is these days. Yeah. I'm uh, starting my morning off here with an iced coffee and two screaming toddlers. <laughs> the perfect way to start the day. Yeah, that's beautiful. I got to wonder, are the toddlers drinking coffee? Oh. <laughs> no, but they sure act like it. <laughs> I have a big mason jar full of fresh squeezed juice. I woke up this morning, threw a couple of apples, a couple of oranges, a lime, and some spinach into a juicer wow. rocking the juice and a coffee that is more effort than i put into it yeah okay. i also have a coffee and i just cracked a can of this stuff called olipop <laughs> some sort of prebiotic botanical plant fiber cherry sparkling tonic garbage Love it. it's kind of pink colored which is good with the guitar we got today. oh it's the same color as yeah. this guitar yeah that guitar is gorgeous wow yeah cadillac shell pink Woo. 
Yeah. Only 20 made by the shop. Wow. Last time I checked, there were only like three left. I'm a pink guy. I love pink. I'm not afraid to say it. And you're a Gretsch guy, right? I am a Gretsch guy. Yeah, I had my mini greeny Gretsch Corvette. With the racing stripe. Yeah, that's right. At first, it was going to be black with a gold racing stripe. I had him do one that was Eagles green because I'm from Philadelphia with the white racing stripe. (laughs) That looks so hot that we changed the whole scenario up and released it with the green with the white stripe. There's footage of Lil Wayne, the rapper. He was using it in his shows. I guess there's a song or two that he played guitar and he was using the Gretsch. So that was pretty cool. The black and gold one, of which there were only two made, right? Yeah. I had both, obviously, and then one of them was stolen out of the storage closet at the hotel in Park City. That was never recovered, so someone's got one of two. (laughs) That's crazy. Gretches are fantastic, and actually on the cover of my new record, I'm holding White Falcon acoustic six-string. And you've got a 12-string of that, right? I do, yeah. It's funny because they don't get a lot of notoriety for their acoustics. But I will say this. It's unbelievable. Fresh out of the box, Uh fresh from the factory, delivered from Amazon to your doorstep. They sound (laughs) so good. And I don't want to throw myself out of a new sponsorship deal, but they sound better than like Martins and Gibsons and the electronics in them. I don't know. They just have it down. They sound really great fresh out of the box where a lot of the more high-end guitars I've found need more setup time and adjustment. Yeah. We've found that to be the case too. Across all the brands, sometimes you feel the frets on the side of the neck and it cuts your finger. (laughs) Who let this thing out? John and I both have Martin D28s and they sound so much different 30 years later. They sound amazing. But they sound way different than they did the day we bought them, for sure. Yeah. You know, guitars, amplifiers, they need to get kind of broken in and all those, you know, nights of sweat and (laughs) strumming and that could be a record, sweat and strumming. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was mostly playing Gibsons. I'm kind of a J45 guy. Right. Right. I had this side project called Jamtown with Cisco Adler and Donovan Frankenreiner. Donovan is a Martin guy. And he got me laced up with two really beautiful Martins. One is just called The Martin. It's kind of a jumbo acoustic. The other one, I asked him to do me a Johnny Cash guitar. The Johnny Cash from the factory comes with the black pick guard. Yours is all black. I had him do mine with the white pick guard. Uh, That is one of a kind. Tuxedo style. Just a little white to fancy it up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. The J45 comes black with the white pick guard. But I will tell you this also, <laughs> kind of back to Gretchen, um, Fender, of course, owns Gretsch. Their artist program is a lot more forthcoming or generous or however you want to put it as far as getting artists free gear. Maybe it's because their price point is cheaper. They seem to be a lot more, you know, sure, take this guitar. Whereas I did reach out to Gibson, you know, four years ago and I said, I need a new J45. And like, yeah, sure. No problem. Well, how long do you want to borrow it for? I don't know, the next 30 years. (laughs) A lot of times they'll say, well, yeah, we'll give it to you, you know, for this tour, this cycle, but they don't ever ask for it back. That's the other part. That just feels weird. What would they do with it? Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) 
I've seen all the photos of your signature guitars, not as in signature model, but you have guitars with signatures. Those are my two J45s. I kind of retired them off the road until COVID. There's so many signatures on the guitars that are really special. The first one started with Slash. I was working for ESPN during the X Games years ago, <laughs> and I got to interview Slash. And I had my acoustic with me, so I said, fuck, you know, Slash reassigned my guitar. So he did this epic drawing on the back of my guitar. That guitar was great. I had Slash, Conan O'Brien. I had MCA and Mike D from the Beastie Boys, Jimmy oh, Buffett, man. Kelly Slater. And then, you know, all my friends like Jack Johnson and Donovan, slightly stupid guys. I had Big Daddy Kane. Oh, no. <laughs> the Far Side, Clyde Stubblefield, Phil Lesh. Wow. Finally, I retired that one. And then I filled up a whole nother one. Then I retired that one because I was like, man, these could be like, you know, college tuition guitars someday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> guitars signed by fucking everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've definitely seen photos of you playing them. It feels like you want to laminate them or something, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's funny because I've said that to my guitar guy. I'm like, yeah, can you like shellac these or, you know? Yeah. They've been sitting just, you know, in the house in their cases during COVID when all of our gear, you know, was locked up in storage in the back of a trailer in Nashville. I was doing so much live streaming. I had to break out all these old guitars. And uh, so I had to break out that uh, those J45s. And man, I love those guitars. <laughs> Your new album's coming out like June, is that right? Philadelphia, Mississippi? Yeah, Philadelphia, Mississippi is dropping June 26th. How is that recording process? We've been interviewing a lot of musicians. Man, the horror stories of COVID recording are crazy. Kind of the opposite for us. I think because of COVID, we were able to get this record. And I'll tell you why was that After we were doing a bunch of live streaming, we figured out how to do safe social distance shows, private shows in people's backyard. And my wife kind of took over the mom and pop's management of that situation. And we started, you know, playing. And Bose sponsored us with their amazing L1 and then the S2 Sub PA, which is super easy to pack and easy for a guy like me who's not a big tech guy to set up and have it sound great we live on cape cod in massachusetts first we play all over new england that summer of 2020 and then when that fall started getting cold we took it all the way down to florida and then we went to mississippi basically these backyard parties were going to fund the record i've had this thing in my head for a lot of years being from philly and then always kind of tickled that there's another city called philadelphia mississippi well, damn, I got to check this place out. Yeah. Being a student of the blues, I had this thing about, I want to make a hip hop blues record in Philadelphia, Mississippi. So we got an offer to go play with the Almond Betts Band and Cedric Burnside, the small festival. And this was right in the thick of COVID. And I reached out to Luther Dickinson from the North Mississippi All-Stars. Luther's father, Jim Dickinson, produced my second record, Coast to Coast Motel. He left us some years ago. So may he rest in peace. But Luther and Cody and I have been buddies since we were all kids. Finally, like this opportunity presented us, I said, Luther, man, we'll come down to your spot. They're in cold water, Mississippi, and make this record. And this is what I want to do. I want to bring Chuck and I. Chuck's kind of a legendary Philadelphia musician. He plays drums with Special Sauce now. So it was kind of about our pilgrimage of the hip-hop blues down to the heart of the hill country. 
and the Delta Blues. And because of COVID, long story short, everyone was home. Yeah. <laughs> we reached out to all these amazing cast of characters, both emerging kind of younger generation blues people and the old timers, and invited everybody in the studio. We had a four-day session, and we literally had like 10 guests come through. <laughs> Cam Kimbrough, who's Junior Kimbrough's grandson. Huh. Sade Thomas, who's Othar Turner, the Fife Blues player's granddaughter. We had young emerging talent like John Tavius Willis, Chris Tone Kingfish Ingram, Trent Ayers of the Cedric Burnside Band, uh, and then some old timers like Alvin Youngblood Hart, who was an OK label mate of mine. And then R.L. Boyce, who's this kind of like legendary unsung blues man. He walked in the studio and it was like, I waited my whole musical life for this night. The two of us, man, we finished a whole bottle of whiskey. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> Whoa, my goodness. There's the baby. Was that the first time you'd been to Mississippi? We don't, we don't perform often in Mississippi, but it was the first time I recorded in Mississippi. The other person that came through so was Takara Jackson from the band Southern Avenue. She's a Memphis musician. So North Mississippi borders on Memphis. So you have the Memphis players, right? And then you have these hill country players. So you have these rural and these urban players. Unbelievable. Can you pick that apart personally where you go like, oh, this person's not an urban player. Oh, yeah. Like, can you tell by their playing what they grew up learning? Yeah. I mean, the hill country players, it's kind of a droney kind of thing, like on like a one chord thing. Even though Jolly Hooker's not hill country, he does what I call blues on the one. Right. Suggested changes. And the hill country thing is kind of the same thing. It's like the changes are kind of implied or not, or it just sits there. Blues and hip hop being uniquely American that way. Where do you think you sit in that kind of long tradition? Or where did they think you sit in that long tradition? What was the vibe? The thing about this session that was so unique and so different from my last record, The Juice, the project I did with Kebmo, which was very meticulous and planned out and almost like a blues record built like a hip-hop record this was so loose everybody was tasked with like yo come down to the studio and some people knew who g-love was and some people have no idea huh but like come to the studio have a hook or a rhythm or whatever throw it in the pot and we're just going to get creative and write on the spot wow a fun one was the song called Lemonades, and that was with Cam Kimbrough and Luther and Chuck and I. I just had this idea that morning, literally at the gym, you know, on the elliptical or whatever, and they're playing like that gym music, kind of like EDM stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just started singing like, lemonade, like something, something like lemonade. So I said, I got this idea. Everyone was tasked with having to make four phrases of like lemonade. So it could be like, you know, getting paid like lemonade or living for love like lemonade or, you know, talking with John about lemonade, just whatever. <laughs> yeah, man, it just all happens so naturally. I find it with on-the-spot collaborations, even though there's a certain amount of risk involved with that, it puts people out of their comfort zone. It kind of pushes people to kind of do something interesting, which is the whole point. It was really cool to see people kind of surprise themselves, and everybody did, you know? It's insane to me that you recorded this thing in four days. As far as risk, 
doesn't feel like there could be much more risk. Well, to be clear, like Chuck and I did have three days off in Tennessee before we got down there. I had some ideas, like Love from Philly, the single, that was a song that I had written also during the pandemic and had been performing. Yeah. We wrote a bunch of songs down in uh, Tennessee, like Laughing in the Sunshine and Mississippi and kind of getting stuff kind of prepared, you know what I'm saying? Uh, so right, right. I mostly had a lot of stuff kind of ready to go as far as like a blueprint for these guys and gals that came through the studio to exploit. Yeah. In that way, it wasn't as risky because I knew I had something good. Yeah, yeah. Everybody delivered. I think back to this one song, which is one of my favorites called My Ball. This was the day that John Tavius Willis and Kingfish had come through the studio. Now these cats, man, are so cool. These guys are young. They're in their 20s. And man, I swear, all they want to do is just play blues all day long. I tour a lot with John Tavius. He will come on the bus after the show and play his guitar straight for like two hours till the bus leaves. And I'm like, yo, you want a drink? You want to have something to eat? No, no, I'm cool. I just want to play. <laughs> These guys came in and uh, they were just in their zone, just jamming. So now this on my ball was like a hip hop blues thing. So the task I posed those guys was, all right, Chuck Trees is going to play a hip hop beat and you guys are going to come in and play something that we can loop up in the key of E. All right, you ready? Here we go. And that was <laughs> it. And they just looked at each other and they said, one, two, three, four. And the rhythm guitar part in the verses is John Tavius and Kingfish playing this totally syncopated part so complimentary to what they were playing over this hip-hop beat, which is a little different rhythm than they usually play to. And they just nailed it. And were you just sitting there like, holy shit, I can't <laughs> believe that just happened. Yeah, yeah, I was. Like I said, it took these guys out of their comfort zone. They're like, what do you mean? Like, we're not going to play like a blues song? Yeah. But they did it, and they just crushed it, and they nailed it. That's <laughs> and great. it's on the record. Hey, John, do you want to drop a little love from Philly? Yeah, why don't I do that? This is Love from Philly off the upcoming... Philadelphia, Mississippi. Out June 26th. This is featuring Schooly D and Chuck Treese. Yes. Two, one, two, one, two, in the place to be. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah.
something The chicken paid bustin' teeth with the shoes on it I got a new blues on it I get a new fuse on it Keep love in the house, lose on it We got a groove on it Since old pine, old times, but I keep getting better. Don't call me cheese whiz, cause I'm stacking cheddar. And don't ask about genos or pies. I say you're from Philly, if Cherry Hill's where you hang your hat. I'm from a jersey, and ain't nothing wrong if you're putting that Iverson number three jersey. So get along, or even better, Nick Foles. Bust a Philly, Philly, and bring that shit back home. Don't be greedy, spread this chilly love all around the world. Cause of Philadelphia, freedom. Freedom. That is really catchy. Super good. Yeah. Your debut album came out in 94, which was the year I was married to my lovely wife. And we listened to it so much. Probably you are largely responsible for this marriage that has gone on for that long. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Well, it's funny because my wife was born in 1993. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I tell her, I'm like, man, when you were born, I was doing the craziest shit ever. (laughs) (laughs) Love from Philly has some real references back to some of that early hip hop, you know, the first album stuff. That's right on point. I mean, the first verse is the legendary Philadelphia rapper, Schooly D. 
And then the second verse is Chuck, and then the third verse is me. So that was kind of the back end story of that record. After we were down in Mississippi, we took the record back up north for some post production, and we got some rappers like Schooly D, Speech from Arrested Development, Freddie Fox, and kind of completed that circle. That record has a shredding lead guitar at the end by Trenton Ayers of the Cedric Burnside project. Trenton's great because he's a blues guy, right? Well, he really wants to shred. He's like a shreddy kind of guitar player. <laughs> I'll be like, yo, let it loose, man. Shred it. Like, oh, man, thanks, G-Love. Everybody always wants him to play the blues, but I'm like, yo, bro, just be yourself, man. You know what I mean? Just let it rip. You have a habit across all your releases of getting real badass lead guys. I was listening to Roosevelt Collier on your stuff, and I was like, holy crap, the Sacred Steel slide player just ripping it. Where do you find these guys? Rosa Collier and Robert Randolph are kind of carrying the torch for the sacred steel, and they're both just such masters and so unique from each other. I play a pretty good lead guitar, but like I just love great guitar players, and I love surrounding myself with people that are better than me. That's what I do, man. Ha! You want to know about this thing? Yeah. It's pink and gold. This actual model, the Penguin, is based on the white penguin that came out in 1955. Oldie times. Except that this one is pink. Yeah. When Gretsch made the original white penguin in 1955, in 1955 dollars, G. Yeah. How much would this thing have been? What would this have been in a store in 1955? <laughs> I would say it would probably be 35 bucks. Okay, Ed? I recently really screwed this game up, so I'm kind of <laughs> licking my wounds here. I think it's probably like $128. That's a big range. Yeah. But I think that you guys are in the right ballpark, but for some reason, Gretsch overshot it in 1955. Yeah. It was $490. Oh my God. $4,800 <laughs> in today dollars. In 1955, you could get a Les Paul for $265. Oh, my God. So it was like twice what you could get a Les Paul for. That's like playing a stock market or something, because <laughs> if you would have bought that instead of that Les Paul, you'd be a lot poorer right now. Obviously, yep. Les Pauls are going up in value a lot more than that. That's pretty interesting to me. They didn't make very many, and for some reason, they never put it in a catalog. Oh, really? And they did very little promotion of it. By 1964, they discontinued it. If you can find a white penguin from 1955 to 1964, then you've got something pretty rare. Huh. So our man Frank over at Thunder Road Guitars thought he wanted to commission this special run, and so he did. He got them to do it in pink instead. Man, listen to this. You have to have a certain amount of charisma to play Gretsch guitars. <laughs> Your White Falcons you play are all like the fancy model with the big gold G in it and stuff. Do you feel that, the charisma factor when you play that guitar? In general, I like acoustics that aren't typical, you know, the blonde, straight wood. I've always liked the J45s that had the sunburst or like I said, the Johnny Cash, the black ones. And then when I was going through that Gretsch catalog and I came across you know, that white Falcon acoustic, I was like, oh, yeah, well, that's me right there. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of flash. The white with the gold edges. Okay, yeah, I can handle that. That's kind of Elvis enough for me. <laughs> that's great. And this guitar is that. Mm -hmm. 
Hey, you know, you made reference to the album The Juice, and I was listening to all your other albums, and I got a question for you. Fire. The album Lemonade, you've got a song on there, Can't Go Back to Jersey. Yes. I'm wondering why. (laughs) (laughs) To be true, that's kind of one of my fictional songs. The song was basically about a starving musician who lived in New York City, who was, you know, staying with his rich girlfriend, and all he had to do was just not fuck it up with her to be able to be in the city and, you know, make the big time, you know what I'm saying? And just not get kicked out of her house, his sugar mom. But then, of course, he messes it up. (laughs) Totally not autobiographical in any way. You've never had that situation. I honestly never have. I've always dreamed how wonderful it would be to have a sugar mama, but I've always married for love, not money. (laughs) That clears that up. Your new album comes out June 26th. You've got a booked summer. Yeah, so I'm going to be doing solo acoustic, the whole OAR and dispatch tour, solo acoustic. It is something to do an all acoustic solo performance Yeah. to like sheds of thousands of people and to get that message across without a band and drums. It's a challenge and I'm really looking forward to it. That's excellent. One other thing I did want to throw out there, this record is going to be dropped as a NFT. And for those people that try to wrap their heads around that whole NFT craze, it's going to be on the blockchain and it's going to be on this platform called Yellow Heart. It's going to be fun. There's going to be three digital pieces of artwork that come with the digital album, which you can play on the blockchain and download into your regular music. And it's also going to come with vinyls. So there'll be a physical attachment to the records. Wow. So tune into like Twitter at G-Love and at Philly G-Love on Instagram, G-Love and Special Sauce on Facebook uh, to learn more about that if you're interested in kind of jumping into that world. (laughs) I will figure that out. The whole NFT thing. This will be the first. That's so great. You can just drop it into your library, though. Like, once you buy it, it's yours, and you just drop it in, and it'll just play. Yeah? It plays on their platform, but you can also download the files as, like, MP3. Perfect. Wow, that's cool. The thing that's interesting about this space and why would you do this, the NFTs we're going to see a lot more in the coming years to do authentication of things like tickets for concerts, right. artwork, everything, cars, watches, and certainly music. And the good thing about the music is that it's going to bring power and ownership in perpetuity back to the artists. Because once you bought it, so you sell it to John, every time you sell it, I still get a percentage of it. So it's a wonderful way, I think, to give artists a chance to start making money, making records again. I had not thought of the whole scenario that you just said, where when it's traded, there's actually that ownership trail in blockchain. That is super interesting. And that makes complete sense. Okay, I'm sold. (laughs) (laughs) You did it. I'll give you one more example. If you were Picasso, in 1941 you made this painting and you sold it to john for 500 bucks or whatever okay so years and years go by every time that painting changes hands you never get paid again that artist picasso only got that first 500 bucks but now in 2022 it just went to auction by john's estate and it made 100 million dollars 
But all that money goes to John's estate, not to anybody in Picasso's estate. Where if that was an NFT, Picasso or his estate would have got paid 2 to 10% on every transaction. So you can imagine how much that changes the game for artists. This seems more like at the artist level, claiming the right to your own creativity back. Democratizing it to the artist. What do you think of that, Ed? G-Love dropping the knowledge. Blues and acoustics and then the sudden pivot into tech. <laughs> Uh, well, guys, thank you so much for having me. And I do want to say thank you for your patience with me playing Mr. Mom here. Thank you so much for showing yeah. up, G. Yeah, thank you. Where can people find us on the blockchain? Uh, I don't think they can. Okay. Fortunately, we are lots of other places. Okay. We are at the high gain on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all over the place. I think we did a great job. I do too. And as always, we have to thank our buddies over at Ruinous Media. Ruinousmedia.com. Oh, those guys are great. Thanks, guys. Okay, Ed. Okay. Bye. Bye.